going to apologize to you, church, that you have to see me up here all day. If you have complaints, you can talk to Tracy and Mark after the service. <laughs> um, it was about two days after I got off the phone with Mark, and he said that, you know, he felt a message on my heart and that I should just do the whole service, that Tracy messaged me and said, we're doing an acoustic set. Can you sing? So here I am. Um, but I'm just going to talk a little bit about Compassion International, my sponsorship, um, and then just go into a message that Jesus and that God has put on my heart um, and hopefully maybe encourage you guys um, in ways that you can serve in our community. Uh, so Compassion International, they are an organization that works to release children uh, from poverty and they do this through a sponsorship program. Uh, they work through the sponsorship to meet the holistic needs of a child in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, they were started in 1952 from Everett Swanson, and he developed a special sponsorship program to help orphans during the Korean War. And years later, here we are, Compassion uh, helps over 1.9 million children in poverty. They have over 7,000 church partners internationally, and they have been serving children in poverty for over 65 plus years in the name of Jesus Christ. So they do a really good work, and I'm happy to be able to sponsor a child through Compassion International. Um, they use child development to assist the, the children by means of church partners. So they partner with churches internationally, and then they also have their Compassion Centers so that the children can get things like medical checkups and health care, surgeries and disaster relief if needed. They can get health and hygiene training, ongoing Christian training through their local churches that they're partnering with, educational assistance. This includes their textbooks, their school uniforms, um, any school supplies that they need. They also receive vocational training, and even their caregivers can get special training in literacy or other um, financial training to help them look after the child that they are helping. Um, they get life skills training and mentoring. They learn how to have good social skills, so as they grow, they can develop and eventually have a really successful career for them in their communities. Um, they're given nutritious food and supplements and, and clean water to drink. Um, they're given recreational activities because you gotta have a little bit of fun. And a lot of them at the churches are uh, faith-based, so they are interacting with other children and learning about Christ at the same time. And they also receive protection from crime, violence, and danger. But most importantly, they're receiving the hope that they can um, have a new life in Jesus Christ and what he can offer. Uh, so Compassion sponsors um, the children with the partners of people like us here in the U.S. and around the world, and they have partners in Africa, Asia, Central America and the Caribbean and South America. So they really are a worldwide group. Um, my sponsorship, I've had the privilege of sponsoring Johannes Jr. Tito for two years now. If you were here in April 2018, then you heard me talk a little bit about my sponsorship of him. Um, so it's almost been two years since I started sponsoring him. He just turned 11 in June. And it's 
been a privilege and a blessing to be able to communicate with Junior in the way that we have um, and been able to build our relationship. As he grows, I can see his language improving because he's in school and I can, um, our conversations are just able to build a little bit more and a little bit more. So um, I've been very fortunate to be able to have that experience through the sponsorship and we can talk about things like school because we're both in school. He needs prayers for his exam. I just need prayers for sanity most of the time, um, but we're able to give that to one another, and it's such a blessing to open his letters every couple months and to see that he's praying for me and that he's grateful for my sponsorship, even though I feel like I'm the one who really needs to be doing a lot of the work, and I do pray for him and that he will be a light in his community and able to lead his family and his friends to Jesus Christ through the sponsorship and through the opportunity of getting to work through the Compassion Centers and, and be mentored in his church. Um, but it is just such a blessing to be able to, to hear those things from him on my side. Um, and so I'm very fortunate to have this opportunity. Um, so Mark mentioned that I'm going to talk a little bit um, also about how I've had the opportunity to go on a mission trip. I went to the Dominican Republic in June and I traveled with, well I traveled there by myself, but um, I met a ministry partner that I've known for 12 years, Erica Jude, her and her husband. They served as missionaries in the Dominican for 12 years. They recently moved back to the States because Nathan felt the call on his life to lead the church that they actually were raised in. So um, they made that decision, and it's, it's been a struggle for them. But at the same time, uh, Erica kind of has the best of both words, worlds because she actually is still the director of the ministry she started there called the Lily House. So every month she flies down and makes sure that the operation's running smoothly, gives counseling to the people in need uh, at the Lily House. So she does a great work, and I was able to travel with her and partner with her for six days. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm kind of out of breath from singing. Um, <laughs> this trip was so much different from others just because I wasn't building anything like I had in the past with my family and with the teams that we've gone with, but I was kind of just watching Erica and her counseling and really paying attention to how I was interacting with the women. I led a couple of devotionals and um, I was just able to show them love. Even though I can't speak Spanish, I can understand a little bit, but most of the time I was with a translator. Uh, I was still able to show them love in special ways, whether I was uh, leading a devotion or just communicating with them and, and body language and things like that. So. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about my trip later, but first I want to look at some scripture. Uh, Ephesians 5, Therefore, be imitators of God, as beloved children, and walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. In Ephesians 4, 17-32, we're kind of given a... Uh, manual, if you will, for how we are supposed to act in a, in a new life as we've been accepted into Jesus' family. So we're doing things like not acting like the Gentiles do. We're not having hardened hearts, not being greedy, 
um, or giving in to deceitful desires, but instead we're speaking in truth to one another. We're not getting as angry. We're showing grace to one another. We are um, using our money differently. We're sharing our resources with those in need. We're using different words than the people around us. And we understand that God puts a purpose in our lives and that he will raise people up in particular ways. And so when you get to chapter 5, verse 1, the first word that you see is therefore. So Paul is summarizing what he's presenting in chapter 4. Okay, so therefore... Because all of this, right, we are being imitators of God. So what does it mean to imitate God, right? Merriam-Webster defines imitate as to follow a pattern, a model or example, to be like or to produce a copy of. Um, I embarrassed Derek in the first service, and he knows I'm going to do it again. But Derek watches a lot of movies, and so do I, but he's really, really good at quoting movies, okay? And... um, One of my favorite impressions that he does is of Jim Carrey from Liar Liar. There's this scene where Jim Carrey is driving down the road speeding, and he gets pulled over, and then he goes into this long explanation of why he was speeding. So he starts talking really fast, and then he opens his glove box and also says that he has unpaid parking tickets. And Derek, when he imitates Jim Carrey from that scene, he talks with the same speed, he does the same kind of inflections in his voice, and he even does the same mannerisms like when he's opening the the glove box and puts his hands up to his mouth. So he was asked to do it after the first service, but he denied everybody. So good luck if you want to see it. Um, But when he's imitating Jim Carrey, he's picking like the top qualities of him in that scene and then emphasizing them. So when we want to try and imitate God, we're going to do the same thing. The key quality that Paul points out is as beloved children and walk in love. Love is something that we see in God all throughout the scriptures, Old Testament, Genesis, through Revelation, by the opportunities that he offers to us and through the sacrifice and um, just the, the course of sin, forgiveness, and re- redemption. Okay, so love is his key quality. And Paul is telling us that. Now, what's the standard of that love, right? as Christ loved us. How do we know how much Christ loved us? Well, what's the measure of that? Well, it is that he gave himself up for us, okay? Um, We're the receiver for us, and when we turn to Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 8.32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is anyone who is hanged on a tree. So the measurement of how Christ loved us is the fact that he gave himself willingly over to death. Okay, and so Jesus essentially got what you and I deserved to give us what only he deserved. He credited us his righteousness. And you might be sitting there thinking that, you know, I can't achieve that for somebody. I'm never going to be able to give somebody what Christ gave us, what God gave us. And I'm going to tell you that you're right, but I'm also going to tell you 
that though we may never measure up to God's righteousness, you can offer somebody Christ. And when you imitate Christ, you can plant a seed for him to finish the work. Okay? Um, and I told you I'd go back to my trip. So here's an example. Uh, one of the best parts of my trip and the most interesting parts was that I got to hear a lot of testimonies from the women at the Lily House. Um, they're taken in, they're given food, shelter, clothes, uh, beds to sleep in, okay, and they're taught vocationally how to be built up in the body of Christ and then how to go into a business successfully. They have a cafe, a salon, they have a bead and, and kind of a little shop, so they do a lot of jewelry work. Um, and so they're built up in that kind of way. And one young lady in particular, her testimony just really, really spoke to me. And when she was a teenager, um, and when I say teenager, I mean 13, 13, 14, she was being sold to men by her father because her family couldn't afford whatever their expenses were financially. So she started to be sold to other men. And she ended up having a couple kids as a result of this, and it was very traumatic on her life, and she ended up entering into that as a, as a pattern. And though she loved her children deeply, they were also reminders of the trauma that she had experienced in her life. And so the Lily House ended up finding her they brought her in, they offered her a bed, a bed for her children, the clothes, the food, and they you know, brought, started to bring her up in the Lord, were offering daily devotionals with the group, and she was attending church constantly. And this was a three-year period, and she was doing really well vocationally as well in her training. But there was still a hole that she felt in her heart. Um, she felt as if the sin that had been committed against her and also the sin that she ended up committing as a result of that, just as if that she could never be saved because of that. So she came up with a plan to actually take her life. And then she had told her children how to take, her, take their lives when she was gone. But the staff found out about her plan and they called Erica immediately. Erica was back in the States. This was just May 2018. When this happened, Erica had been back in the States already serving at the church, but that was the week that she was down in the Dominican, right? So she ends up getting this call, says, you need to get over here as quick as you can. This is a situation. So she rushes, rush, rushes over, and she ends up wrestling this young lady for the next hour or a little more, trying to convince her of how much she loves her and how much... Uh, God loves her and that he can fill the void in her heart and that she does have a purpose for her life and that she can be raised up into the body of Christ. And after they wrestled for an hour, it finally clicked and they're sitting there on the floor sobbing and just holding one another. And the young lady says that that was the first time she had ever felt loved. And that's just such a profound thing to feel, and that was the first time in her life that she had ever felt that, and she was, what, 17, 18 at that point, and that's the first time she ever felt loved, and Erica explained to her that that is how much God loves us, and even more to the fact that he did give, us, give his life for us and for our sins. So, and I know that you might be sitting there thinking that this is an extreme example, but these things happen all the time in our context here, in, all around the world. There are people that are hurting and that are in need. So what are we going to do about it?
the best example that we can have for how to imitate God's love is by examining some of the things that Jesus did in his ministry and in his time here on earth. So before I give you these examples, I am going to plug for the Old Testament really quick. Um, The Old Testament is still God's breathed scripture, and I urge you to study it because it is the foundation for understanding God's kingdom mission. And it is the backdrop for the story of Jesus Christ and why he came and why he had to uh, die on the cross for our sins. And in those pages, you're going to find numerous, numerous stories of sin, forgiveness, and restoration. And that is a steadfast example of God's love for us. And so I urge that you take the time and in your studies at home that you look into those kinds of stories because that's going to give you so much more understanding and knowledge of um, how much God loves us and how we can demonstrate that to other people. But So looking at Jesus' ministry, I'm just going to go through some scriptures really quick. You don't need to turn to the pages. Um, we have Jesus healing. So Mark 1.29, Mark 1.41, Mark 2, 5, Matthew 8, and Luke 5, 12 through 26 are some examples. In here, you're going to see um, Simon's mother-in-law being healed. You're going to see Jesus heal paralytic. Uh, he's going to heal a leper. And you're either also going to find instances where he heals a blind man. Okay, he spits on his eyes. Um, Jesus may have miraculous healing powers, and you may not be in the medical industry, Right? I'm not. So don't have that kind of gift. But you are still able to help heal somebody's heart or offer them uh, a way to reach out to somebody who can help them healing. Um, Feeds. Jesus feeds 5,000. He feeds 7,000 people under multiple occasions. And those are in Mark 6, 30 through 44, Mark 8, 1 through 10, and Luke 9 through 10 through 17. Um, So you're going to find those examples there of him feeding. I think that's kind of a self-exclamatory one. Literal mission. That's something that we are involved here as a church. So if you feel like that's a way that you can serve, get involved in Latrobe mission. Ask Kathy when you can help, okay? Um, Jesus offers forgiveness. In Luke 23, 34, he's being crucified and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And that's for all of us that he offers that forgiveness. Mark 2, 5, he tells the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. In John 8, 1 through 11, we have a woman caught in adultery. And the Pharisees are essentially trying to catch Jesus, uh, give uh, a false statement, right? And he says, you who's without sin cast the first stone. Well, nobody was able to do that, so they all slowly leave one after another. And then he says, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Jesus doesn't take the time to condemn us. He offered himself on the cross, and he gave us that forgiveness, and it's to an extent that we might not ever be able to understand fully, maybe until he comes back. I think then we'll get it. But um, we also see in Matthew 20, or I'm sorry, Matthew 8, 23, Jesus calms the storm. And I know that I don't have those kinds of powers to calm a storm, but I can offer somebody peace. Peace in whatever's going on in their life, in their hearts, in their mind, 
offer them wise counsel. The scriptures are a, a great tool for that. We can um, grow in our wisdom as we study the scripture and then offer that to other people. And even just standing up for people. Mark 14, 6, Jesus is being anointed with oil. And they're saying, why is this woman pouring oil on you? We could have sold that for money. And he says, leave her alone. She's doing what she can. So we need to be bold in our faith, and we need to find ways where we can reach out to others and show this kind of love, God's love, in our community, in our homes, and in the world. So though we might not have these kinds of miraculous powers, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And because of that, we are capable of many, many things. Uh, it starts here and spreads outward, and we imitate God's love through serving, encouraging, giving, and growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. So in our home, if you're not willing to get up and go put your dish in the dishwasher, are you willing to go to the stake? In this church, we need to encourage one another. We need to make sure that we're getting involved in a ministry. Porterfield is blessed to be able to offer a lot of ministries uh, in this area. So if you're able, become a Stephen minister. That was highlighted last week. We highlighted the week before that, Operation Christmas Child. There are plenty of opportunities to get involved. And maybe VBS is calling your name. I know they always need volunteers. And then the children's ministry, there are plenty of ways that you can get involved in the church and that we can love and support and encourage one another. And then also in the world, guess what? This church also offers way for us to get involved in the world. Um, Latrobe Mission, as I mentioned, Belpre Area Ministries, that's our local world. But then there's also ways to get involved in everywhere around the world. I know we're not all called to be missionaries or, or go on short-term mission trips even, but maybe you can sponsor a child through compassion. Maybe you can um, just travel to the Carolinas with Operation Christmas Child once a year. There are opportunities out there, and we as a church need to make sure that we are seeking those and that we're being active and showing God's love in the communities around us. Um, when we finish Ephesians 5, verse 2, we actually see Paul say, and he gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Fragrant being that God was pleased to have his son die for our sins. Fragrant being that he is pleased that his son is willing to go die for our sins. And God is also pleased when we walk in love, in obedience, and we sacrifice for his kingdom. So God's call to me is clear. How will you sacrifice for God? How will you imitate his love to others? The focal point of his love is that we uh, can see that he loved us so much that he sent his son to voluntarily die for us on the cross and to take our sins. He voluntarily gave himself over to death. And that is a profound example of his love and the, the best one that we're ever going to see. We see the, the fivefold commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Mark 16, 15, Luke 24, 45 through 47, John 20, 21, and Acts 1, 8. Five times in a row, five books in a row, the Great Commission is telling us to go. 
So we need to be able to take that command and go into the world, into our communities, and show God's love and spread the gospel. If you are choosing Compassion International as a way to do that, then you can talk to me at the table outside. We are highlighting children from the Philippines and from Thailand because guess what? This church sponsors uh, missionaries in Thailand and the Philippines. So we are highlighting children from that area. Um, so if that is something that you feel like God's putting on your heart, then you can meet me at the booth after the service. Otherwise, I thank you guys for your time, and I'm going to hand it over to Mark or Tracy. I don't know which one's taken over at this point. Thank you. I just am so appreciative um, for what's in Allison's heart and for her sharing that today. Um, be talking more about this as we move on into the weeks ahead, into this fall, talking about what it means to be a healthy church and uh, what are the characteristics of a healthy church and how can we continue to work at being a healthy church. And again, it's encouraging one another, finding ways to serve and uh, being a blessing. That's one of the ways that we show that we love the Lord truly. Um, one other thing just to mention, I'd ask you to continue to pray for Allison and for Derek. Allison is actually taking seminary classes, and uh, she is feeling a call into missions, but really in the field of counseling, which I appreciate so much. And you heard her say that, that um, maybe she feels like she didn't have the gift to physically heal people, but to, to bring peace and counseling and, and to bring emotional, spiritual healing to people. That's so important. So again, I thank you, Allison, for um, sharing today, having the courage to do that. Thank you all for, for being here and for listening. And uh, again, I want to see this just more and more in his church. So be open to how God wants to use you. Would you stand? We're going to close with a song. And I am going to have a prayer. And again, we're dismissing just a few minutes early to give you a little bit of time if you'd like to stop by the booth out there and consider... Uh, sponsoring a, a child and being a blessing in that way, just one of the many ways. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word that once again we've heard today. And just thank you for the affirmation of your word. As Allison has shared, there is a purpose in your recorded word down through history as your Holy Spirit moved and spoke to people and your power worked in their life to give a confirmation that it was you. It wasn't just their wild ideas or a fantasy, but it literally came from you as our creator. And you watch over your word to preserve it and to perform it. From what we read about in the Old Testament times, your covenant with Israel, but now even in your written word in the New Covenant times, the New Testament, the New Covenant that you've given with all of us through your son, Jesus Christ that all the world may know and all of us as your created people can respond to you. So Lord, use this message today. And if there's any who has listened to this message who has not placed their trust in Christ, I pray, Lord, you just use the words that you've spoken through Allison and through your word to touch their heart and to encourage them, Lord, to trust you. And for those of us who have put our trust and faith in you, Help us to be willing to keep growing. Forgive us when we haven't read your word, studied your word like we should. 
we're the ones that's missing out because of it. So Lord, give us a hunger. Give us more than just a curiosity. Give us a hunger for your word and help us, Lord, to find satisfaction in your word as we read it for ourselves, as we study it, as we listen to others who are gifted with your Holy Spirit to teach. And then help us, Lord, to put what you're teaching us into practice. Thank you once again for laying down your life for us. Help us to be willing to lay down our life every day in big and in small ways to glorify you and to be your hands and feet and to carry out your will in the world for the common good of all people, but also, Lord, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.